The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I have much more to tell you, but you cannot bear it now. But when he comes, the spirit of truth, he will guide you to all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak what he hears and will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me because he will take me from what is, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything that the Father has is mine. For this reason I told you that he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. The gospel of the Lord. Probably about, I'm trying to think, maybe about five years ago or so, I, I was really, really privileged to be with uh, Archbishop Sample and then one of our priests who will be ordained, uh, Deacon Dustin Bussey, coming here just at the end of June. And then, um, let's see, it was Father Randy Huang and then Justin, who some of you know, and then, and then another seminarian named Brent Dershman. And we, we went on a pilgrimage to to Greece, to this very spot here where Paul was preaching at the Areopagus in Athens. And so the two places we went were where Paul was and where he went, right? So we were in Athens, and then we went to Corinth as well. And the interesting part about that whole story is, and we read from some of these very same readings from the Acts of the Apostles in that spot at the Areopagus where Paul was preaching to the people. And it's an amazing reality, right? Because not a whole lot has changed in some regards. People just prefer the unknown God. Why? Because you don't have to make any sort of decision. You're like, oh, he's just like some, <laughs> there's just some unknown God, God out there, and then that allows me to not have to make some sort of a commitment towards him. And so he's like, I know, you know, you, you'll notice his tactic too, you know. Paul was brilliant, a brilliant evangelist and a brilliant preacher, right? I noticed this memorial you have to an unknown God. He's just like, but I come to give to you the God whose name we know, the one who has revealed himself to us, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's trying to explain that he actually has been revealed. You know, like, why would you make a monument to something that you don't even know about? It seems kind of, kind of ridiculous. It's some sort of weird acknowledgement to a God or something like that. And you hear that a lot when you talk to people, right? They're like, oh, like, you could say, I believe in God, or a God, or, or, or something like that. But it's like, oh, but I'm here to tell you, Paul said, he's actually revealed himself to us. So there's no reason to worship some sort of unknown God, because Jesus Christ is the one. And yet, even with like that great exhortation and that great preaching that he does there, the faith doesn't really take root in Athens at that time. They're like, no, we kind of prefer the unknown God. You know, and then they just sort of go on their merry way in, like, that cosmopolitan city. They didn't really believe much of it, except for a few, like a few believers. Largely, though, it didn't take root. But where did it take root? In Corinth, which was sort of like a very modern-day, like, Portland, right? You know, it was sort of close to the water, you know, and so there was a, a port city, and it was known for its sinfulness, right? You know, all, all of the things, you know, the uh, prostitution, um, all kinds of lewd acts. You know, you hear all the things. It was just a very de depraved society in Corinth. And yet that's 
where they start believing in the truth of Jesus Christ. And why would that be the case? Because it was a place full of broken people that actually knew that they needed somebody to save them and to heal them. And once Paul said, this is who came to save you and heal you, then they were like, we're ready for that. But a lot of those other people, in their wealth, in their knowledge, remember Athens is a town of great, uh, is a city of great learning at the time. Sometimes the more we know, um, the more we think we know. And that's the, one of the greatest dangers in the world. But those in the spiritual life always end up learning, right? The more you learn, the less you know, right? You're like, oh, like, the more, the more education I have, I was like, man, Lord, I don't know anything. I am like the speck, the grain of sand. Like, I just don't know anything, right? And it, it's those that think they know a whole lot that oddly prefer a God that doesn't know them. It's a weird, weird paradox of a situation, right? Because what happens when Jesus reveals himself to you is that that means that there's a manner of right living. That means there's virtue and vice. That means he came to say, do this, not that. You know, love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. Um, you know, stay away from sin. You know, lo love the Lord. Worship the Lord. So there's so many things that are required, and we've been hearing these readings lately in John, too, right? What does he say? He says, you are my friends if you do what I command you. So the bar is raised very high once somebody's actually been revealed to you, once you actually know somebody. Before you, before you know somebody, there's nothing at stake. But once you do, once you build a relationship with somebody, you know, there, there's something, there's an accountability there between you and that, that friend, you and that person that you've built. And so in that relationship, that's what the Lord came to give us. And my spiritual director used to say this all the time, and, and I'm a slow study, so it took me, it always took me, it took me years to like really believe him sometimes that he would say something. But one of the phrases that he would repeat was, the Lord is never outdone in generosity. And sometimes I would sit there, and I would receive that, but I'd be like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, like there, sometimes that's how I felt inside, right? And then I started to see it, though, you know, even based on our reading yesterday, right? When Jesus says, it's better for me that I go, better for you that I go, right? And I've realized that in my own life. Each new assignment, each thing that the church has asked of me, it's better that I follow that because the Lord is never outdone in generosity. Because he's constantly giving and willing our ultimate good. And that's what we see there. He's like, everything that the Father has given me is yours. All these things are mine to give. I'm sure many of you know a really generous person in your life. I've been really blessed to have some. One of my best friends is one of the most generous men I, I've ever known. My dad's that, you know, these are kind of the people that you go to dinner with, and they just like, they're always the one that's just like in a fight over getting the check. And then like, if you even like reach for your wallet, like, don't even take it out of your pocket. No, you know, slap your hand down or something like that. But it's amazing to witness that so consistently. People constantly giving, constantly giving, constantly giving. Um, but that's the Lord. You know, everything that has been given to him is, is passed on to us. 
but we're his friends if we do what he commanded us, if we recognize the Lord. Not an unknown God, but our Lord Jesus Christ. And to live that bar is actually a way of living, a virtuous way of living. So we don't get off easy as Christians. So that's the important thing. But we get everything in return. Absolutely everything in return. God bless you all.